Welcome to the BeastNet Podcast, proudly presented by the Beast Obstacle Course Racers and sponsored by GH Unders Performance Base Layers. Here we discuss all things athleticism to obstacle course racing, endurance to nutrition, our team, and more. Welcome to BeastNet. Welcome to the BeastNet Podcast. We've got myself today, Adam Brunheyer with the Beast OCR, and Mr. Pretty Mike, uh, OG Beast, and overall, one of the funniest guys you've ever met. Hey guys, how you doing? So we wanted to take things a little differently today and talk about hardship. Yeah. Specifically around, uh, I think, some of the hardest events or things we've done. Is that right, Mike? Yeah, it's kind of what I wanted to do. And I want to kind of try and actually do a, uh, turn this into like a monthly thing where we talk to different people about, you know, what's the hardest thing you've ever done just to kind of give inspiration to everyone out there to know that not all of us, it's not easy for any of us. So, yeah. I like it. That's good. I think that's super relatable for anybody, right? I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be obstacle course racing or endurance or, you know, Ironman or anything like that. I mean, everyone encounters something difficult out there and it's how you overcome how you tackle it, how you deal with it or walk away from it or whatnot that that defines you and helps get you to either that next step or determines how you're gonna face the next one that you encounter. So I think I think that's a great it's a great thing to tackle. Exactly. And I mean we've got different people in the group who have gone from either you know, there's people who have gone from, you know, like say Michael Sanchez, who was a little bit bigger a couple years ago, now he's lost a bunch of weight and he's in amazing shape. You know, that's a hard thing to do. There's other people in the group, I don't want to say names unless they want to say them later, but that have had drinking or other kind of problems in their life that have stopped that and developed a healthy lifestyle that most people only look at him now seeing this healthy, active person thinking, wow, that's great, I wish I could be like that, not knowing that a couple of years ago, they may have been hitting the bottle every night or, you know, whatever. And that story may be what someone needs to inspire them to be, take that step to be the better them. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. And um, well, let's start off with kind of like the concept of tackling mm-hmm. hard things. When, when you have something difficult that you're facing, um, how do you deal with it? What goes on in your head? How do you overcome? It, it depends for me. A lot of it's just it's mind over mind over matter, as they always say. You know, if you don't matter, if you don't mind, it doesn't matter, right? So, <laughs> and that's really what it comes down to. I mean, you know, a lot of people don't know. I mean, earlier this year, I quit smoking. I've smoked since I was fourteen years old, so twenty six years that I've smoked cigarettes daily. Um, and I finally just had enough with it, and it was all just setting my mind to it and sticking to it, you know, keeping, making sure that, you know, when the people around me at work say, Hey, let's go out and have a cigarette. I'm like, you know, Nope, I don't want any. I quit smoking. I'm done. Um, and that's what it comes down to. It's just being able to get in that mindset that says, Hey, I am a non-smoker now and I don't need those, you know, and that, that was a hard thing for me to do. And that's just something, I mean, it's, it's all, a lot of it isn't in your mind. You know, when you tell yourself you can't do something, you can't because you just told yourself you can't. You know, it's all exactly. You, you got to get over your own mind. There's a so I I've been doing a lot of self study different books lately, and there's two that I just recently got and started. They're both pretty amazing. One of them is called uh, Discipline Equals Freedom, 
yeah. and the other um, extreme ownership, both by Jocko Willick, um, super amazing guy, Navy SEAL, amazing story, right? Yeah. And he attributes overcoming and reaching to the goals to kind of four properties, and it's discipline, power, positivity, and will. And he breaks down those into um, a few different subsets and how they apply to life. But if you're cool with it really quick, I'd like to read uh, part of the opening introduction to one of his books, uh, Discipline Equals Freedom. I think it's pretty applicable when it comes to what we're talking about here. Oh, that sounds great. Go for it. Okay, so this is Discipline Equals Freedom by Jocko Willink. To reach goals and overcome obstacles, become the best version of you possible will not happen by itself. It will not happen cutting corners, taking shortcuts, or looking for the easy way. There is no easy way. There is only hard work, late nights, early mornings, practice, repetition, study, sweat, blood, toil, frustration, and discipline. Discipline. There must be discipline. That is, that's a good quote, I, and I completely agree. And I, and I think that's part of the problem a lot of people run into is they want those like quick fixes. They want the, the that pill or that shake or something that's going to help you get to that, that's going to get you to where you want to be. And what they don't realize is all of those things are just, they're tools. They may help you, but you still need to put in the work. You still need to put in the discipline to get to where you want to be. You know, the, the shakes, the powders, the... Everything everyone talks about, they will help you, but you still have to put in that work. And I think that's where a lot of people make the mistakes. They take those shakes and the powders and the pills and everything else out there on the market and think, oh, if I do this, I'm going to suddenly look like, you know, I'm going to be have a six-pack and look amazing. And it's like, no, you won't unless you get off your butt and get on the treadmill and lift some weights and pick up a sandbag and do something along with it. I totally agree. Um, I can't tell you how many times I've been in the middle of a race or an endurance event and I find something new that, you know, a new weakness, something that, a new wall that maybe I've not encountered before. Maybe I get prideful, right? Um, and, oh, I don't need to do that. I, I don't need to train for that. Or I got that down. Or, you know, maybe it's something where, you know, I was lazy and procrastinated. Um, I don't need to practice, you know, these kinds of movements with weight on my back. I don't need to pick up a sandbag like that. And um, and it hits me. I, and <laughs> it's, it's such an interesting thing because I, I feel like every time I run an OCR, I encounter my own mental obstacles, right? Uh, yeah. I should have done this. I should have. My gut feelings was I should have practiced this. I should have prepared for this. I knew I was weak at this. Um, I knew that this was something that's given me trouble before. Why did I only practice it a couple times? Um, and then, you know, getting to that, and is that going to shake me up mentally? Is that going to be something that, you know, because maybe I'm insecure on the course about my preparation for that, am I just going to go for it and own it? Am I going to tackle it? Or am I going to shy away from it? You know, kind of hesitantly attempt it. Yeah. Um, definitely happened several times. I mean, is, is that something that you've seen? with yourself before? Oh, many times where if I get into my own head and I just say, okay, I, you know, oh, I can't do this. My biggest one right now, my biggest obstacle for me right now, honestly, is there's two of them really is the rope climb. 
on the very first Spartan I ever did, nailed it. Never been able to do it since. And it's because in my own head, I keep telling me I can't do it. I can't do this. And that's why I have a problem. I think if I could get out of my own head, I'd be fine. Um, the other is, for some reason, I can't do the dunk wall. The dunk wall, I mean, I do it every time, but it takes me a lot of inner coaching to get myself through it. But I definitely, yeah, your mind is your biggest enemy out there on the course. But definitely. I agree. Especially if you're running, you know, by yourself. Yes. Competitive, maybe. And or the longer the race, the, the longer the distance, the longer the time you're out there. It's so easy just to get inside your own head. And uh, how do you how do you have the self discipline to uh, take back control of your mind? It's, and, and, and win. It depends on the person. I mean, for me, it's one of those things, and it sounds stupid, but I just I break it down into small steps. I mean, when I did the marathon. Uh, this last weekend, I mean, that was probably one of the hardest things I did. And I mean, a lot of people don't know that both of my running mates by mile 22 were gone and I was out there by myself. And uh, the biggest thing for me was just breaking it into smaller increments. It wasn't, Hey, I've got four miles to go. It's, Hey, I've got just over a five K, you know, I've got, the, I've done a five K thousands of times. I can do a five K. That's all I got to do. I just got to do a five K. No matter how bad my body hurts right now, and my body hates me, I can. I've done a five k million times, you know, and that's kind of what I did. And as I was doing it before, even like when there was bigger distances, I broke it down into distances I knew I could do. It's like you know, at one point I was telling myself, "Hey, this is only two five k's," or "This is only three five k's," and it was just five k was the one thing that for whatever reason stuck in my head, and I just kept breaking it down into how many five k's I had to do because I knew I could do a five k. Exactly. I do this thing where I try to, I don't know if it's because I've, I've always considered myself both visual and kinesthetic, right? I gotta see it. I gotta get my hands on it. Yeah. Um, so when I'm racing, I tend to pick out visual landmarks yeah. um, or obstacles and kind of increment it from there. So, oh, there's that wall. I just gotta get to this wall. Um, I like this pace that I'm at now. Let's stick to this pace to that wall. Um, and then, you know, get over that wall and What's the, what's the next one? Okay, let's go here. Um, I'm kind of sucking wind a little bit. Let's drop it to this pace, and I'm going to hold this pace till I get to that rock. Um, especially on races where I'm not feeling prepared, or um, let's be real, I think everyone kind of goes through that race when, <laughs> uh, why did I sign up for this, right? Yeah. Uh, why am I here? And then, you know, you cross the finish line and sign up for it the next day. But, um, you know, that's that's, I think in my biggest secret weapon if you want to call it that where I just I break it up visually and you know something that I can put my hands on right there's that rock okay now there's that tree um, and just constantly assessing especially if I'm running solo yeah um, it's it's just an easy way to help me focus on what's immediately in front of me and not necessarily think like oh I'm doing this um, back in May we did the uh, did the Montana Beast Oh yeah, and I had the bright idea to rock it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that sucked. I, I just it, it just cracks me up because every time you know when it's going to be a good service, it's like I had the bright idea of doing this. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say I was smart. Right? Yeah, uh, and so I rocked the Montana Beast this year, and uh, you know as soon as the, soon as we heard the three arus and I started past that start line. Gosh, 
supposed to have been like 10 feet. And I was like, this was a horrible idea. <laughs> yeah. Why am I doing this? Here I've got my, you know, there's, you know, and I, and I took off with, I think the competitive guys and, you know, so here's all these other muscle bound guys, shirtless early in the morning, you know, ready to go. And they just take off out the gate. Here's me just kind of trudging along pants, backpack, <laughs> uh, 30 pounds in the sack. And geez, that was, that was a brutal race. And oh, there were different obstacles. I remember going tackling and I remember seeing the multi-rig from a distance going, crap, I, I'm dead here. <laughs> and it, that was hard, dude. There was, there were several points in that race where I was, I was, I was angry at myself. Like, why did I do this? Did I just want to have something to prove? Did I just like stupid ideas? But then it, it came down to, you know, this sucks right now, but I'm already five months in. Yeah. Or I've already conquered, I don't know, 15 obstacles or whatnot. Or I've already gone through the, the swamp. <laughs> what was the sign said? Somebody wrote ball shrinker on it or something. Oh, yeah. You know, I already did that. Okay, cool. So I can keep going another mile. And, you know, by the end of the race, I didn't even really think about it. And the fact that I had weight on my back, it didn't really deter me. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it changed how I tackled obstacles. It changed how, you know, I balanced myself before throwing the spear or tackling the rope climb, but I did it. And, you know, it was it was fantastic, and I'm, and I'm super happy that I did it. But definitely, to, until that point, was one of the most ridiculous things I've done. Yeah, and I can see that. I mean, I've, you know, that's kind of how I felt when I did the uh, the marathon. It was one of those things, a lot of people don't know why I did it, and basically what it was is, you know, eight eight years ago, seven years ago, something like that, 2010, nine, around there, I chose to lose a bunch of weight. I was 270 pounds. I started running, and that was my big thing to lose weight. I dropped down about 190, and I was doing half marathons every couple months. I did, I did like five of them. And in the middle of that, I told myself, I'm going to do a full before I'm 40 years old. Well, I blew my knee out, and it took me out of racing for – you know, about a year and a half. And then during that time, I gained a bunch of weight and I started doing the OCRs and stuff like that. And I've still been having injury after injury and battling the weight. And it came down to pretty much that that was the last marathon before my 40th birthday that I could do. So I'm like, you know, I told myself years ago, I'm going to do this. I may not be in the shape I should be. I may not be completely ready for this, but I'm going to do it anyway. And it became a complete mental challenge. Because I was, I was out there for way too long. I was out there for nine hours. You know, both of my running partners, you know, and nothing against either one of them. They did the best that they could do, you know, and they helped me. If it wouldn't, honestly, if it hadn't been for them to get me as far as they did, I don't know if I could have done it. If I would have started alone, I don't think I would have finished. I mean, they really helped me finish it. Um, you know, and both, neither one of them finished. One quit at 13 miles and the other quit at 22 you know, because of their own, you know, physical issues, but it was challenging, but mentally, you know, I just had to keep telling myself, you know, just keep moving. As long as you're moving forward, you're doing it. And that was, you know, like I said, probably one of the hardest things I did, but I did it, you know, because I told myself and that was it. It wasn't to prove anything to anybody. It was to prove something to me because I told myself years ago that I would do it and I did it. You got to give them props too. I mean, Pulling yourself out of a race is an extremely difficult decision. It is. And when you're listening to your body, 
and your body says, you know, you, you know your body best. And when your body is telling you it's time, it's time. And that can be a really hard thing for people. I've definitely, that's what happened to me this year in the Utah 12 hour. Um, I wish I could say it was just altitude sickness that just mowed me over, but shook me uh, mentally. And the rest of that night, I just wasn't up to par that I've, I think I've ever been. And I definitely felt like I was lagging and, and what have you. Um, now, and I, and I pushed my body pretty hard despite the fact that I had altitude sickness, but mentally I, I wasn't there. Um, and I got to commend people that I think it's pretty amazing that you had a couple of runners that go, that went out with you and to help support you get getting there, yeah. finishing that marathon before your 40th, you know, obviously nobody wants to pull themselves from race, but you know, 13 and 22, I mean, 22, so close, you know, I, yeah. that must've been a really tough decision. It, it was, it was for him, and I know it was. Um, and it's one of those things. He was actually somebody that, that Don, uh, we've known each other since preschool. We, we've been friends for, you know, 35 years, 36 years. And he basically, like, three weeks before the marathon, just said, hey, what time are you starting? Um, I'll be there because I'm going to make sure you finish this. So that was huge to me that, you know, him and Emily, neither one of them, I never asked either one of them to do it. Um, and that amazes me that I didn't have to. They just were both like, hey, we'll be there. You know, so, I mean, them just getting me as far as they did was amazing. I mean, like I said, I think if they hadn't been there to help push me, I don't know if I would have made it as far as I did. I mean, Emily got me, you know, and Dawn together got me to 13 miles, got me to the halfway point. And then, you know, Dawn kept going and stayed with me until 22. So, I mean, that's that's amazing. You know, definitely amazing. That's huge. And I thank both of them, and, I mean, they're they're both my heroes at this point. That's huge. And that's the kind of support that I love seeing from this community is people just doing things, not necessarily for themselves, but just to be there for others. I mean, you and I have seen it countless times. Oh, yeah. Where, you know, like the Team Turtles or the the folks that, gosh, one of the most impactful things I've seen is, you know, bringing in the last racer. Yep. Just amazing and, yeah. and it happens all the time it's people recognize the human spirit of each other and they know that they need to be there for that person and it's just it's so cool so congratulations on your marathon man. Oh. I'm super proud of you and you had some great people helping you get there and, I did uh, I'm sure you'll never forget that oh I won't and I mean that's one thing too is I mean one thing that I didn't tell I don't think anyone really knows is literally I was I was the last person up until like a hundred, up until about a hundred yards left, I was the last person. And then at the last like stoplight, cause we were out there so long that they pretty much, the roads weren't stopped anymore. We had to stop for stoplights and crosswalks and all that stuff. Cause they, you know, it was beyond the time that they were supposed to be blocking traffic. And I ran into the, the, the person that was right in front of me at that point, And I wish I knew her name. Um, I know she was part of the marathon maniacs, I think is what they call themselves, but this was her fourth marathon in four days. And when we got up there and we started, we were kind of, you know, because both of us were in a lot of pain and we were barely moving. And when we got up to the opening to the stadium, I kind of looked at her and I said, do you want to run and finish this together? And she's like, you know, no, you go for it, you know? And, you know, that's when I just, you know, if anyone's seen the video, it's on Facebook of me running to the finish line. That was pretty much it was, you know, I passed her right there, but 
you know, it was kind of that thing that I was just so impressed with her. I'm like, if you want, we can finish this together. And, you know, so you're not the last. And she's like, nope, yeah. you go for it. So it was, it was pretty neat meeting her. And I mean, seeing someone that had done, you know, four marathons in four days. And I mean, she wasn't, you know, I don't want to say this in, in a negative way, but she wasn't what you would picture as a marathon runner. Just like I'm not someone that you would picture as someone who who has run a marathon. She was, you know, a little bit bigger, and but she was out there doing it. And that's what, you know, I, I think a lot of people don't realize is these races, like the Seattle Marathon, they said last year they were out there until 930 at night waiting for the last person to finish, you know, and they just stayed out there with them. They will, if you have the mind to do it and you could push yourself into it, they're not going to pull you off that course until you tell them to. You know, they asked me multiple times because, I mean, I don't know if anyone saw the video. I was limping pretty bad. My left ankle was locked in, like, one position. I couldn't move it. Um, and they asked me multiple times if I wanted to be pulled off the course. And I'm like, no, I'm still moving forward, so I'm finishing this, you know. But they took my safety seriously. They made sure there was somebody right there that made sure that, you know, I was staying on the sidewalk, I was staying in path. And that, you know, I, I was safe, but they, they made sure I finished too. So that was pretty amazing. You know, I think you, you touched up on, I think maybe something that sometimes people don't talk about enough is that the perception of, you know, the athlete that's tackling that sport. Yes. Um, the last person that, you know, the funny thing is, right. So like we get into these things, these peninsulas of comfortability where like, okay, yes. we've reached this level. Okay. We've reached this level. And you know, I, it's some people sometimes get almost like this elite is an attitude where they kind of, Oh, you're just this or, Oh, you only run this fast or you can only lift this much, but it's really the people that are out there pushing for transformation, pushing, to break their own records, pushing to do the best that they've ever done personally. Those are the last people I would ever, ever poke fun at because those people have iron will, they have determination. And, you yeah. know, those are some of the most inspiring and amazing folks I've ever had the privilege to meet and the honor to talk to. Um, you know, my my, uh, my buddy once said, um, and I, I'm not going to be able to say it the way that he said it, but that was just so perfect. Um, he said, I would never make fun of the guy that looks uncomfortable in uncomfortable clothes that's, you know, that can barely get on the treadmill, but he's doing his best versus the, you know, the guy or gal that's constantly taking selfies in the gym mirror. Yeah. And, uh, and I think he, I think he nailed it. Right. So there's, you know, people go do different things for different reasons. Um, and exactly. I think it's just a whole new level when you say, this is where I am and this is where I want to go. I'm going to make it happen. Yeah. That's amazing. Exactly. And I mean, the one thing is too, is a lot of people don't think about the fact that, you know, both Emily and Don, they, they didn't finish the marathon, but they still beat every single person that was sitting on their couch, not doing oh, yeah. anything that day. You know, um, I may have, you know, I passed the last, very last person, but I still got the exact same medal as the people that finished hours before me. You know, I still got the same accomplishment, maybe not as fast as they did, but I still did it. You know, and the only person I'm trying to beat is myself. You know, if I ever, which I really don't think I will, but, you know, you never know. If I ever do another marathon, the only my only goal is going to be to do it faster than I did this time. You know, I don't care about, you know, I, I'm never, and I know it, and it's not, 
because I'm being negative or whatever, but I know I'm never going to be the fastest person out there just because I'm not built that way. And I know that and I accept that, but that does not mean that I can't be the fastest version of myself. Do you know what I mean? That, That I can't be faster than I was yesterday. That I can't be better than a better person than I was yesterday. You know, so, I mean, it's not about being the best or fastest person out there on any of these courses for me. It's just being the best and fastest version of myself. You know, I think with enough determination, anybody can go take on any competitor, right? Um, When uh, I used to wrestle a lot and um, I did some, I had a pretty good record, but it was never the guys that, you know, the big muscly dudes that, you know, just, oh, would knock you over with sheer strength. But it was the guys that, the guys that intimidated me when I was back in wrestling uh, were the guys that, that had some, not necessarily something to prove, but maybe something to prove to themselves, yeah. right? The guys that would maybe, you know, eye out a guy and say, I want to beat that guy. Um, or I, I've practiced this technique for so long, I'm going to nail it tonight. Or that would study their competitors and say, this is how I, I'm going to beat them. Um, and really made it their mission, right? Those are the people that you should never underestimate because they're out there to make it happen. Yeah, exactly. You know, and like I said earlier, I mean, it's all in your head. I mean, a lot of it is. I mean, a lot of sports and a lot of competition is in your own head. Um, you see, you know, professional players go on, you know, like streaks of bad luck. And a lot of times it's not bad luck. It's that they had something go wrong and now they're so in their head that they're making things even worse. And that's what a lot of sports and a lot of everything comes down to mental, you know, how quickly can you jump back from an injury? How quickly can you jump back from a mistake, you know, mentally? Um, How quickly can you convince yourself that you can do a marathon, you know? And how can you convince yourself while you're doing it that you can continue doing it and you're going to finish that marathon? You know, it's all a mental game. I agree, and I think what you noted about injuries is very prevalent to obstacle course racing. Um, yeah. We, we talked in previous episode a little bit of how occasionally there's an unhealthy attitude um, in OCR where it's go, 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 regardless of injury and regardless of the time or recovery that that injury is needed. Um, yes. And that's how people kind of, that's a pretty common way of re-injuring or making things worse, right? But, yes. you know, for those people that are on the road to recovery, that's a, that's a huge mind game, right? Um, you know, I hurt my foot. How do I how do I become a contender? And, you know, at the least beat my own score or my own PR. What do I do? Yes. That's, that's a huge, huge battle. And, it is. And... Uh, I really commend, you know, folks that have been out there and had something happen. And then they go back and they could just destroy it. That's just amazing. It is, and I mean, it's one of those things you've really got to listen to your own body and your doctors and everything else. It's like the one thing a lot of people point out is that, you know, I did Hawaii in a full boot. Um, But the thing is, is a lot of people don't realize I had my doctor's blessing. I did not go against doctor's orders. I asked him flat out, can I do this? And he looked at me and says, as long as you don't land on that foot, you'll be fine. The walking will actually be good for it. And I'm like, okay. So, you know, I had a few people that questioned me, like, are you crazy? What are you thinking? And I'm like, I actually have my doctor's blessing. My doctor says I'm okay doing this as long as I follow these parameters, you know. 
And that's what a lot of people don't realize. I do understand there have been people out there that do things against the doctor's orders. I am not for that completely. I mean, you've got to take care of your body. We only get one. And we've talked about this on other episodes. I think we talked about it with Amber Johnson. You know, you, you only get one body. And I mean, if you push it too hard and you hurt yourself too bad, um, there's no, you don't get another and you don't get another one. So, I mean, okay. you, you, you got to make sure and listen to your body and, you know, listen to your doctors and I mean, do what you need to do. I mean, like I said, this year, Montana is the first time ever that I have stepped back from a race and said, you know, I'm not going to do this um, because I got injured earlier the day before, you know, in the beast. And I was like, you know, I'm not going to do the sprint because I don't want to re- do any more damage than I already have. You know, yeah. um, I probably should have stopped doing the beast when I first injured myself. But that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> but well, let's, uh, let's take a pause here really quick. Okay. Grays Harbor Unders makes the performance-based layer clothing you want and need. Whether you work, hunt, hike, fish, run, or ride in the great outdoors, if you work up a sweat, Grays Harbor Unders are for you because their unique dual-layer fabric removes moisture from your body and keeps your skin dry, even when the outer layer is completely wet. It's a base layer like no other. Get you some at ghunders.com. That's ghunders.com for the best performance-based layer you'll ever wear. All right, welcome back. <laughs> so, injury, right? Yes. And listen to your body making that, that hard decision. Um, gosh, what was it after the, the 12 hour in Utah this year? That was um, that was a hard decision not to do the, the super the next day. Yeah. Um, and could I have gone out and done the super? Of course I can. I could have absolutely gone and even just walked it. I mean, gorgeous views everywhere in those mountains like it was just a phenomenal venue oh, I, bet. Um, I could have just walked it and enjoyed it right um, but something just didn't sit right like I just I, I was off maybe it was a mental game maybe it was you know the altitude sickness I was tackling the night before but just you know that, that was a tough decision to make to not go for that um, so do I look back and wish that I got that super in? yeah but I know that I made the right decision. Yeah. Never easy. Yeah. It's never an easy decision, but, you know, like I said, it's something that you have to listen to your body. Um, it's never an easy decision. Like I said, giving up on Montana, that was the first time in my life I've ever walked out and said, I'm going to do a race and then not done it. And just before I even started, said, you know, I'm stepping out. I know I'm hurt. I need to step back and just, you know, let my body heal before the next race. You know, and it's, it's tough. So, Mike... If you don't mind, uh, for everyone listening, I know I know this marathon was a, was a big challenge. Yes. Um, would you share with us maybe what you learned and what you're going to do? And, you know, whether it's discipline or training, what are you going to do that we can take away? Uh, you know, as a share of learning from it. Um, train. That that was probably one of the basic things I learned. You really need to train for those things. Um, <laughs> Mental only takes you so far, but um, it's really training training and equipment. Um, I made the mistake of, one, not training enough for it. Part of that was, you know, um, I got injured in Seattle, and I didn't really talk a whole lot about that, but I did. had a calf injury that took me, like, two months to get over. Uh, by the time I could actually run on my calf, it was already pretty much November, 
and I had three weeks till the, the marathon, so I really didn't get the training I needed. Um, so that was the big thing was training. And if it hadn't been so close to my goal, I think I actually would have pushed to the next year. But I, I knew I, I knew if I was going to get it by 40, I had to do that one. Um, the other thing yeah. is uh, equipment. Um, I went out the week before. probably should have been a little earlier than that. But I went out the week before and uh, spent 250 bucks on new shoes, insoles, and socks and everything else to make sure that my feet would make it through. Um, you know, because I learned in Hawaii that that's what pretty much got me from getting the trifecta in Hawaii was my uh, blisters in my feet. And this, I was quite amazed. Uh, even with only be a week ahead of time, I got one blister in 26 miles, which is amazing and awesome. But uh, really, it's just training and equipment and having having the right people with you. Um, like I said, they Emily and Dawn didn't finish. But if they hadn't been with me to push me and keep me moving, I, I don't think I could have done it. Um, part of that, I think, I, I think if they hadn't been with me, I would have done things a little bit different. I would have had one of my phones or an iPod, something to listen to music to keep me entertained. Um, I think that was part of the problem. Once Dawn wasn't there anymore, I had nobody to talk to, nobody to keep me entertained. Um, and I'm like, you know, I'm ADHD big time. So, I mean, if I don't have something to keep me entertained, I get kind of crazy. Uh, those about the, the, the biggest things I could think of was just something, you know, just training, 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 training. Um, I really need to get into my training and really, really get myself on a training plan and stick to it. And that's been the hardest thing for me. I keep having injuries and other things that keep me from training. And I think, and partially, as I've said, the mental issue, um, I let those injuries get to get more to me mentally than they should. When I could be doing something like a, a, a modified exercise to make up for the injury, but to still keep moving, um, I haven't been doing that. I've pretty much been like, I'm injured. I'm going to sit on the couch. I'm going to eat some potato chips. I'm going to watch TV. Um, that's not what you should be doing. You should be, you know, hey, I'm injured. Um, I need to still continue on my, you know, the correct type of eating you know, watching my calories, watching what I'm eating, doing whatever you do on your your health side, nutrition. Um, an injury doesn't mean you stop doing that. And I think that's where I made a mistake because I got injured and just figured, what the heck, you know, I'm injured, I'll fix it all once I'm, I'm healthy again. And that's not how it works, um, just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> now, you did mention new equipment and that it worked out fairly well. Yes. Um, did you get to do participate in some of that old uh, adage um, racing what you train in. Did you get a break in that stuff beforehand? I did. Um, but like I said, I made the mistake if I didn't buy it until like a week before. So I didn't get a lot of training in it. Um, I did on Thanksgiving Day, uh, my wife and me, Benton and I, we all did a, a 5K um, on Thanksgiving Day. And I did a little bit of other walking and, you know, some running on the treadmill with those shoes to break them in, but honestly, I maybe had 10 miles on those shoes before I, before I did them. And that is not, as you, you know as well as I do, that's not what I should have done. I should have had a lot more time in them. Um, yeah. And that might have been part of the problem that I had with my ankle and my uh, everything else was these shoes were, with the insoles and the shoes were to keep me from, I keep forgetting what the word is, I needed stability. I, I, I run off my, t- my big toe, basically. Um, I don't run correctly. My ankles move. 
the wrong way when I run. These shoes were supposed to help fix that. And I think that might have been part of my problem with my ankle was the fact that I didn't have a whole lot of time for my muscles and my ligaments to get used to moving in that way before I did 26 miles. Somebody once told me, and it was for a slightly different variation of our sport, but they said never introduce new gear um, within 30 days to race day. Yes. Um, if that person does um, Ironmans, has quite a few underneath her belt. Um, and that, that really struck uh, personally uh, a couple of years ago, uh, preparing for a race. Uh, I had made the decision two weeks before to, uh, I, I got, I spoke Zeals, I think RBX 9s or something like that. And so two weeks prior, I think it was Rugged Maniac in 2015. Um, I just ran three to four miles every day. And I'm, yeah, this is going to be great. I'll be fine. And even though Rugged Maniac was maybe, you know, a hair more than a 5K. Yeah. Um, even race day, it just, I wasn't acclimated to them. Um, they didn't, it was maybe a different movement. I mean, they were a good shoe, maybe a little narrow for me, but just, you know, going and tackling those obstacles that, you know, I'd only been running. And of that running, you know, trail, you know, it's fairly tame trail. I didn't been doing things like, you know, hidden walls or, you know, whatever. And I, it, it really did suffer my performance. Um, and I think that's a, that's a good thing for us all to know is, you know, racing what you train in, test things out in training, but maybe don't introduce new gear uh, a month beforehand, you know, or less than a month beforehand. And, and I agree. And like I said, you know, when I, I said that I, I didn't do it the right way, I should have got those a lot earlier. Um, but I, the other thing is, just like you said, training what you, you race in is I've made the mistake too of buying new shoes and buying them two months three months ahead of time, but never really wearing them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I did that with my first uh, my first pair of uh, talons, and I bought them, wore them a couple times, and these feel great, and never really did anything more than that, and then went out to run in my first, you know, race with them, and I got huge. Like, it basically ate part of my heel. And what it came down to, it wasn't that they were bad shoes. It's just that they were the wrong size. They felt right at first, but then once I moved around in them a little bit, I realized I should have gone like a size higher, that they were a little bit smaller than, uh, you know, the other shoes that I'd worn. I should have gone a size higher. Um, that's the other thing is if you buy a new type of shoe, make sure you it's at a store or you at least go to a store and try them on. Um, that was a mistake I made with those. I mean, my the talons I have now are great. Because I got the right size now. But uh, yeah. because I just ordered said, oh, okay, this is what I wear in this size shoe. I'll just order the same size in talons. It was completely different. The talons were too small. You know, I had to end up, you know, buying a whole nother pair of them. Because, like I said, they ate my heel. Like, I had a huge, huge gouge on the back of my heel. Where it just sat there and just basically ate it. Um, so make sure with equipment that you're you're checking it. You're making sure it's going to fit. Um you know, like I said, if I had gone to a store, I would have noticed that, you know, hey, these are a little small, but, you know, I should probably get a bigger size. But since I bought them off the Internet and everything else, I'm like, ah, they're a little bit small, but they'll do. You know, make sure you get the right equipment. Make sure you get stuff that's going to take care of your feet, um, take care of you everywhere. It's like, you know, we always talk about the GH Unders. 
that was another thing on the, the marathon. I made the mistake. I was wearing, I was trying to make sure I wasn't going to be overheated, but that I wasn't going to be too cold. So I wore a, a type of Under Armour, you know, shirt that wasn't thick enough. So that basically after it rained really bad, I was just cold. I couldn't warm myself back up because the shirt was wet and wouldn't stay warm. And I think if I had had a better type of, of, you know, shirt underneath, you know, that I, I wouldn't have had that issue. Um, so make sure you have good underarmors, you know, GH under, something like that, that, you know, you know, undershirts that's going to keep you cool or keep you warm and help you get through it. Equipment's huge. Prevent you from getting wet, right? Yes. <laughs> I mean, and if you do get wet, doesn't keep you cold. Yeah, keeping it off your skin. Yes. Uh, help you, help you regulate that body temperature. Yeah. Well, that's why I'm a GH under standby too. But I don't want to sound too much like. <laughs> um, you know, I like what you said about the shoe being the wrong size. Yes. So, um, Roadrunner Sports is one of our partners. Um, they're an amazing company with a great heart. And that's where I got my two hundred. Spent my two hundred fifty bucks, just so you know. So I mentioned those ice bucks. Um, did the rugged maniac put you know maybe thirty miles on them, maybe thirty five, and ended up going back to Roadrunner and with their VIP policy, I exchanged them for new ones that were a different size, and those actually lasted me a year and a half. Um, funny what just a small adjustment in size plus training in them um, does to your performance, right? Oh yeah. It's a huge difference. So would you say that this marathon was the hardest thing you've ever done? Yes. Mentally, yes. I mean, the one thing a lot of people... I mean, quitting smoking was right up there too, but I mean, really this marathon, like, as an achievement, was one of the hugest things for me. It was one of the hardest things I ever did. I mean, the one thing I don't tell a lot of people um, is pretty much probably about a mile or so after Dawn, you know, tapped out, um, I hit a mental wall. Like, full-on mentally done i just wanted to sit on the sidewalk and be like i'm done i can't do this anymore um like full-on tears everything else trying to talk myself through it because i've never in my life felt so alone i was you know don had you know given up and like i said i don't feel there's no negative against him for that he pushed himself his body as far as he could but i was there by myself you know there was just the race officials that would basically relieve problems frogging past me to make sure I was still on the right path and I was okay. But other than that, it was just me. I was all alone. There was no one around me. There's nobody to help, you know, keep my mind from telling me I couldn't do this. And, uh, yeah, I, I really just wanted to hit that point where I wanted to sit on, just sit down and be like, I'm done. I'm done. I can't do this anymore. But there was some part of my mind that just kept telling me that said, Hey, you told yourself you would finish this. You're going to finish this. Just keep walking. Just keep moving. Um, one people, a lot of people that have done Spartans with me know my favorite saying is basically from Finding Nemo, just keep swimming. And I will, when I'm mentally broken and just going and I want to quit, I, it becomes my mantra. I'll just keep saying it. And that's what I did on the marathon. It kind of kept me going. I mean, I was all alone and I just kept saying, you know, just keep swimming, just keep swimming, just keep swimming. And it just... It sounds stupid, but it just it kept me putting one foot in front of the other. But yeah, it was it was by far one of the hardest things I've ever done. Thanks for sharing, man. That's that's an incredible story. Yeah, there's a lot 
from it. Exactly. Take that and improve upon uh, for the next time. I agree. I mean, it's just, you know, improve upon it. Um, one of the things, you know, that I, I, I mentioned to a few people when I did the, the marathon, I could have skipped five miles easily. There was one spot on the course. By the time we got there, there were so few volunteers that they weren't paying a whole lot of attention. And I saw at least three people go right past this turn and continue on because there was an out and back spot. And we came up to it and I was looking at it and I'm just like, this doesn't look right. So I actually yelled up to the volunteers. I'm like, are we supposed to go straight or are we supposed to turn right? And the volunteers are like, oh, oh yeah, our bad because they weren't even looking at the course or watching us. And they're like, oh, yeah, you're supposed to go that way. And it was a like five mile out and back. And that was actually what's funny is it's when we got to the end of that out and back is where Don quit. That was like pretty much a 22 mile mark. And I mean, if we'd had no integrity, I mean, and just been like, cool, we can continue on and we're going to miss this. We could have skipped five miles. But for me, even if I if I had done that, I, I would have never been able to look at that medal with any kind of pride like I do now. I can look at that medal with the pride of knowing that I did 26.2 miles and I did it all. You know, I went to the end of every out and back that they had. I went to the end of everything they did. I went the full course, everything that I needed to do to finish that. And, you know, I am i don't know how those people that I watched go right past it can have that same feeling of knowing that they did it. To, to me... Yeah. that they cut corners and and it just shows like i said earlier about how it is with you know mental or not mental but physical health and even mental health is you can't cut corners you have to get out there and do the work you have to put in the work to do it and uh there's so many you know for years i mean you always see the fitness fads and the diet fads and everything else that Nine times out of ten, they come to find out years after everyone's been doing it that they're killing us and they're bad for you. And really, the best thing for you to do is to stop eating processed foods and eat the stuff that you should have been, you know, they were eating thousands of years ago and get off your butt and do some exercise. Um, yeah. There really are no cutting corners. There, there are things out there that might help you a little bit or whatever, but I think in a lot of, a lot of ways, most of those, nine out of ten of them are placebos that really it's only – helping you because you think it is, you know, and what you really need to do is just, you know, like they say, get your butt off the couch and do something. And it's just like that quote that we opened up with from discipline equals freedom, right? Yes. There are no shortcuts. You're going to, you're going to bleed. You're going to hate it. You're going to be angry. Um, And just the list goes on and every one of those rings true is that if you want it and you want it the right way, uh, there's going to be times where that sucks and there's going to be times that you don't want to do. Yeah. Um, it's funny. You mentioned the integrity thing. Um, funny story here. I'll only, uh, I'll only sideline here for a second. I promise. Uh, uh-huh. A little bit ago, I think a uh, year and a half, maybe two years, a friend of mine um, wanted to do this challenge where he'd get up at four thirty every day and go to the gym. And it was for, and he was going to start this program. He was wrapping up and like it was that four thirty thing was going to go into effect. I think two weeks or two and a half weeks from the time we talked. And I remember, okay, man. Yeah, totally. I'll help you. Let's do this. I'll do it with you. And he said, okay. And, um, I forgot we talked about it. And, uh, <laughs> the time goes by and I get a phone call at four thirty one in the morning on a 
stayed up way too late. I just groggily picked the phone. And he man, are you okay? What, what's going on? Why are you calling me? He goes, because integrity's a bee, and so are you if you go back to sleep. <laughs> yeah. And uh, gosh, I woke up so fast. <laughs> you know, it, it really, it really worked. Um, you know, there's, it's, uh, I think integrity is just, you know, the way you carry yourself. And, you know, I had a family member that for a while said, honor is something that one gives themselves in all things, uh, which is made up of integrity. Yeah. What you do when nobody's looking. And, and that's I think exactly it's it. really cool that what she said about that, that five mile. And, and that's exactly it. I mean, it's what you do when no one's looking. And I mean, it's one of those things that, you know, if I want to be able to look at myself in the mirror and say, I'm a marathoner, I did a marathon. If I had cut that corner, I could not look at myself and say, I did a marathon because I didn't. I would have cut a corner. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it's one of those things for me. I, I've, I've never been that guy that's like, hey, you know, hey, I can cut a corner here and just skip half of this. Then I didn't do it. You know, it, it's it's tough and it's hurts and whatever. But if you're going to say you did something, you have to do it, you know, and, you know, I, and I think that's part of the problem that I have with a lot of people nowadays is there's a lot of people that they want the medal, but they don't want to do the work. And I think that's what it's come down to with fitness. And that's why I think, you know, you see all these, I mean, the market for fitness aids and everything else is huge because everybody wants that quick fix. But then when you ask someone and you go to someone who's in great shape, you know, and everything else, you're like, and how did you get there? And they're like, I worked my ass off. You'll never see somebody that's in amazing shape that is like, yeah, I found this pill. I took it and blam, I look like Captain America. It doesn't exist. There is no super soldier serum. It's hard work. You got to work your butt off. Don't forget to tune into the Lean Nerdish podcast. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I think, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm totally agree. There is no secret sauce to take to get to those results. Uh, I don't remember who said it, but they said uh, public results are due to private intentions. Yes. Uh, you know, if you say that you're a bodybuilder, you go out and do this, or you're a racer, you go out and do this, and uh, the results publicly are showing, then that means privately you're just, you're not doing what you're saying you're going to do, or you're cutting corners. So yeah. Or, Exactly. And I mean, like I said, you can't, I mean, if you want to be the best you can be physically, you can't cut corners. Exactly. And there's nobody out there. I mean, no athlete's going to tell you, hey, I got here by sitting on the couch and taking this pill. No, they're going to be like, I was in the gym every day lifting. I was in, you know, running, you know, running around the track every day after school. I was doing whatever. There's always going to be a, hey, I worked my butt off, you know, to get to where I'm at. You know, it's like they say with like any professional athlete. Talent will get you so far, but hard work will get you get you the rest of the way. So to surmise, kind of what we've talked about here today: uh, discipline, integrity, and hard work. Yes. Preparation, examining where you fall on your face; those things will get you through the toughest things you might have yet to face. Yes, they will. I mean, the the ability to do. Like, even the OCRs we do, the ability to do the beasts, to do the supers, to do all that is in all of us. Any one of us can do it. We can finish those races. We can do it. It's just mentally you got to tell yourself, yes, I can. Um, You know, I did the race, you know, the last beast in Seattle with, you know, 
Serena and her, her wife, Christine. And there was multiple times. I know Christine wanted to quit. And I know at one point I told her, I said, cool, I'll quit too. Let's just sit down here and we'll both give up right now. And she's like, well, I, I don't want you to, I, I don't want you to give up. Well, you know, if you're going to give up, I'm giving up. I told you we both finished this race. And that just changed your mindset. Now all of a sudden, oh, wait, now I've got to worry about that. And it kept her going. I mean, it just depends on what it is that keeps someone in that mindset to go. I mean, she thought, and she, even in the middle of the race, she'd said, I can't do this. And I'm like, yes, yes, you can. Any of us can do this if we stay in that mental mindset of, I can. Yeah. Yep, you can. You just have to tell yourself you can, and then do it. So anybody listening, take note. You can. Yes. You will. Now go finish it. Exactly. Do it. All right, man. Well, thank you for spending some time with me. I always love chatting with you. Oh, yeah. It's always um, a blast. This is this is great stuff, and I really hope that people can take some great lessons out of what you discussed tonight. It's, this, is, this, is the, this is the good stuff right here. I hope everyone takes – I hope someone – if one person takes something from what we talked about tonight and goes out and does something amazing, then I'm happy. That's what it's all about. Yeah. All right, folks. Well, you've been listening to the Set Podcast with Mr. Mike James and myself, Adam Bregnar. Thank you so much for your time, and we'll see you next week. See you next week. Thanks for listening to the BeastNet Podcast, brought to you by the Beast OCR. Don't forget to subscribe and let us know what you think and what you'd like to hear. Like us? Great. Join us at Facebook or BeastOCR.com. And thank you.